If your aging parent with memory loss is making bad decisions or is refusing help, have you wondered at what point they might be deemed incompetent, incapacitated, or otherwise unfit to make decisions? Stay tuned to find out. Hello everyone, welcome to Helping Older Parents with Memory Loss, a video podcast series that gives you strategies and information about assisting aging parents who are experiencing memory or thinking problems. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Kernison, board-certified geriatrician and the founder of Better Health While Aging and also of the Helping Older Parents online programs. In this episode, I'm going to talk about something that is very important to learn about if you're dealing with ongoing memory decline or a diagnosis such as Alzheimer's disease or another form of dementia. And that is how to recognize signs that an older person might be losing their decision-making capacity and what to do if you think this might be happening to your aging parent. People sometimes refer to this as becoming mentally incompetent, but in my field, we actually prefer to use the term capacity or lack of capacity. Furthermore, the legal system is now moving towards using the term capacity rather than competence as well. Either way, the practical issue at hand is this. If an older person is often confused or very forgetful or showing other signs of thinking problems, then is it still okay for them to make decisions that have consequences for themselves or others? For instance, is it okay for them to decide to keep driving even though it seems obviously unsafe or to refuse to go to the doctor even though they seem obviously unwell? Or is it okay for them to decide to sell their house or make a similar major financial decision with consequences? What if they're very frail and struggling to manage their daily life activities, yet they're still insisting that they can keep living at home on their own? And especially if they've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease or another form of dementia, at what point will we know that it's not okay to let them make these decisions? So this question of whether someone has decision-making capacity is really important. In fact, when the American Bar Association created a tip sheet a few years ago of 10 legal tips for caregivers, they put understand decisional capacity as tip number one. Because here's the deal. In the United States, adults have a fundamental right to individual autonomy, which means they're allowed to make decisions that put themselves at risk or that their families may not like. But there's a big exception to the right to autonomy, especially in situations where cognition is impaired. The person making the decision has to have the mental capacity necessary to understand what's going on and to make a reasonably informed decision. If a person appears to be lacking the needed mental capacity to understand their situation and the likely consequences of their action, then it often becomes more ethically permissible to intervene and maybe even to override their decision. Lack of capacity can also activate a power of attorney document or even help justify a more significant legal intervention into an older person's affairs. So in the rest of this video, I'm gonna help you understand decisional capacity. Now, let me preface this by saying that I am not an attorney and also that questions of capacity are usually ultimately governed by state law. So if you have a significant concern about an older person's decision-making capacity, especially if it relates to legal matters or significant financial transactions, I highly recommend you consider consulting with a qualified attorney based in your state. That said, because memory loss and thinking problems often affect decision-making, in geriatrics, considering decisional capacity is a big part of our work. And so I've learned a fair bit about it over the years. 
So in this video, I'm going to give you an overview, as I agree with the American Bar Association that families really need to understand the basics of decisional capacity. So let's start with what exactly is decisional capacity and what does it mean to have it? Let's say your 87-year-old mother, Mary, lives alone and has been falling repeatedly, but she refuses to go see a doctor. In this case, we might consider whether she has the capacity to make an informed decision to refuse to see the doctor. It's especially vital to do this if Mary has been showing any signs of memory or thinking problems, or if she's been diagnosed with a dementia such as Alzheimer's. When we ask whether a person has the capacity to make a given decision, we're asking whether the person can show us that he or she has the mental abilities necessary to make the decision in an adequately informed fashion. Generally, capacity requires that individuals be able to understand the situation they're in, the decision in question, the pros and cons of the available options, and the likely consequences for them of making a given choice. The person should also be able to explain his or her reasoning and express the choice to others. And the reasoning should not rely on anything that strikes most people as bizarre or delusional. In the scholarly literature on this topic, experts have identified four decision-making abilities that together constitute capacity. They are one, understanding, which means understanding the situation and decision, two, expressing a choice, which means being able to clearly express what one wants, three, appreciation, which means understanding how the facts pertain to one's own situation, and four, reasoning, which means being able to compare options and understand the pros and cons of the available options. Now, people sometimes get confused about the difference between capacity and cognition. They're related, but they're not the same thing. Cognition refers more broadly to memory and thinking abilities, whereas capacity refers to being able to use relevant cognitive abilities to make a particular decision in a reasonably informed manner. Although they're not the same thing, they're obviously related because when memory and other thinking abilities are disrupted by a problem affecting brain function, this can definitely affect decisional capacity. So especially if an older person has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia, it's reasonable to expect that over time, they will experience a decrease in decision capacity. In fact, as dementia progresses, if a person lives long enough to reach an advanced stage, they will actually lose the capacity to make virtually all decisions. Now, let me tell you about two things that are really important to understand about capacity. The first is that capacity is decision specific. This means that a person's capacity should be evaluated in light of a specific decision to be made. This is especially important to remember when it comes to older adults who are in the earlier stages of Alzheimer's or related dementia, or maybe have some other form of cognitive impairment. So for instance, if you're concerned about your parents' decision to keep driving, then we need to assess their capacity to assess and decide whether it's safe to keep driving. If you're concerned about them wanting to sell their house, we need to assess their capacity to understand and manage that type of major financial transaction. As you can imagine, some decisions are much more complicated to consider than others. So it's quite possible for a person with memory loss to have the capacity to make certain types of decisions, such as appointing a family member to be their power of attorney, while lacking the capacity to make a much more complicated decision. In other words, capacity is not supposed to be an all or nothing, you either have it or you don't kind of thing. 
If we're concerned about capacity, we should always be asking capacity to do or decide what. The second very important thing you should understand about capacity is that it can fluctuate depending on a person's health circumstances and some other factors. So for instance, most people are quite drowsy after a surgery. In this state, most will lack the capacity to address anything more than a very simple decision, but their decisional capacity will improve as the person mentally recovers from the surgery. For older adults with chronic memory loss or thinking problems, their decisional capacity can easily be affected by things like whether they're rested or tired at the time of considering the decision, whether they're taking medications that affect brain function, whether they're experiencing hearing problems or vision problems, we call this sensory impairment factors, or whether they're sick or delirious. So when we're considering questions of capacity, we want to first of all consider them in light of the decision or situation in question. And then, since capacity can fluctuate, when we assess it, we want to ask ourselves whether there might be temporary health or sensory impairment factors that could be currently impairing or worsening the older person's ability to make decisions. So now that I've explained what is decisional capacity, how can we know if an older person is losing decision-making capacity? So basically, it comes down to talking to the older person, asking some questions, and figuring out what is their understanding of, again, the situation they're in, the decision in question, the pros and cons of the available options, and the likely consequences for them of making a given choice. Now, capacity is technically supposed to be assessed by professionals. And later in this video, I'll tell you more about what that often looks like. But obviously, the people most likely to notice an older person making questionable decisions are going to be family, not professionals. Now, Unless you're a trained professional, you should not be attempting to make a definitive capacity determination on your own. But if you're worried about your aging parents' decisions, I believe that you can and should know to ask yourself the following questions. Do they seem to understand the situation and the related risks? Do they seem to understand the decision or choice at hand? Can they explain the pros and cons of the options for managing the situation or decision? And do they seem to understand the likely consequences for them of making a given choice? If your parent seems to be lacking the needed understanding for a certain situation or decision, then it would be reasonable for you to conclude that maybe their decisional capacity is impaired for this decision. And in that case, you can then try to get professional help further assessing this. So let's return now to the example of 87-year-old Mary, who has been falling repeatedly, but is refusing to go see a doctor. How might we check to see if she understands the situation and is making an informed decision? Well, first of all, if you mention a recent fall to her, does she remember that she fell and what happened afterwards? If an older person keeps forgetting they fell, then their understanding of the situation is probably going to be questionable. Similarly, if Mary can't acknowledge that she could fall again and get hurt, if she doesn't appreciate that it's a possibility, that also suggests poor insight into the risks of the situation. And if she can't acknowledge that seeing the doctor might reduce her risk, that would suggest that she has an inadequate understanding of the pros and cons of the available options. And so you might conclude, based on these findings after you talk with her, that maybe she's lacking capacity to make an informed choice about refusing to see the doctor for her falling problem. Now, in a moment, I'm going to explain some options for getting a professional to weigh in on capacity. 
But first, I want to address a very common question, which is, what is the difference between incapacity and incompetence? Historically, the term competence was used in legal settings, and the term capacity was used in clinical settings, such as with doctors and psychologists. And so the legal determination of competence was related to whether a person had the legal right to continue to make their own decisions. And this was usually informed by a clinical assessment of capacity, which meant that the lawyers or judges had asked the clinician, such as a psychologist or a physician, to give an opinion regarding the person's decisional capacity and the reasons for any impairment. Hence, many clinicians will still say that they cannot assess someone's competence, they can only assess their capacity as regards a given decision or life's function. However, in the past several years, states have been moving away from global legal determinations that a person is incompetent, which often meant the loss of virtually all control over one's affairs, and they're increasingly favoring determinations of incapacity for certain types of decisions or life functions. Hence, the old convention of using competence for the legal arena and capacity for the clinical one no longer works very well. Instead, professionals now tend to refer to legal capacity versus clinical capacity, and the terms competence and incompetence have become a bit dated. If you'd like to learn more about legal capacity, I have links to some very useful resources at the end of my related article on Better Health While Aging, and that'll be posted in the description below. Let's now come back to decisional capacity. Once people learn about this concept, their next question often is, so how do I get my parent assessed? If you are concerned about your parent making legal decisions, then technically, the attorneys involved should be able to help check whether your parent appears to have legal capacity for the transaction in question. If they're not sure, they may refer your parent for a clinical capacity assessment. These are often done by psychologists who specialize in such assessments. However, regular physicians can also be involved in capacity assessments. Generally, physicians have had some training on how to check whether a patient can give informed consent for certain types of medical care, such as procedures. Physicians are also sometimes asked to give an opinion as to whether the patient has capacity or is incapacitated. For instance, many powers of attorney documents are drafted with a springing provision, specifying that the agent's authority to act only becomes effective upon incapacity. For instance, here is language from an actual recent California power of attorney document drafted by a lawyer. I am incapacitated whenever two licensed physicians provide written opinions that I cannot effectively manage my property or financial affairs due to age, illness, use of prescription medications, drugs or other substances, or any other cause. Now, I don't like that language because it's actually completely ageist to list age as a reason that someone might not be able to manage their affairs, but you get the idea. Two licensed physicians need to provide a written opinion to trigger the incapacity provision in this very common legal document. So it is common for physicians to be involved in some capacity assessments. That said, the trouble with asking primary care physicians and other normally practicing physicians to render an opinion on capacity is that most of them have not had significant legal training on how to do this, especially if it's about something that's not consenting for a medical procedure. So in the real world, they may or may not do it when you request it. And if they do do it, it's not always done in accordance with what are currently considered best practices by experts. 
Now, what some physicians will do is that they'll actually refer to a neuropsychologist for the capacity assessment. This is good in that these psychologists usually do have good training and experience to do the assessment. However, it also means that it takes longer to get the capacity assessment done. And of course, if you are in one of those situations where your aging parent is resisting getting evaluation, an additional referral can be another difficult hurdle to overcome. That said, if you're concerned about your parent's decision-making capacity, I do recommend notifying your parent's usual health provider of your concerns. Even if they don't feel comfortable fully assessing your parent's decision-making capacity, it's good for your parent's doctors to know about your concerns, and they may be able to support your family in other ways. So to recap, decisional capacity refers to a person's ability to understand the situation they're in, the decision in question, the pros and cons of the available options, and the likely consequences for them of making a given choice. Adults can experience temporary declines in decisional capacity when their thinking abilities are impaired by illness. Chronic conditions that affect memory and thinking, such as Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia, can affect decisional capacity in the early stages. These conditions will definitely impair decision capacity as they progress. Always remember that capacity is supposed to be decision-specific. A person with cognitive impairment can have the capacity for certain decisions, yet lack the capacity for other decisions. It all depends on how complicated the decision is and what kinds of thinking skills are required to consider it. The most thorough capacity assessments are done by trained clinicians, such as certain psychologists. However, physicians are sometimes asked to render opinions on capacity, especially when it comes to springing powers of attorney. And lawyers may assess legal capacity when helping clients transact legal business. If your Asian parent has been experiencing memory loss or thinking problems, and you've been concerned about bad decisions, I hope this video has helped you understand this really important concept of decisional capacity. If you'd like to learn more about capacity issues, I have a related article on Better Health While Aging, which will be posted in the description below this video. Or for more on how to help a parent with memory loss, just be sure to subscribe as I'll be covering more on the most common challenges in upcoming videos. Thank you, take care, and hope to see you soon in an upcoming video.